Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, very excited to welcome in the head of VIP Relations. I don't even know if that's his actual title, at Underdog Fantasy Cam. Welcome to the show, man. I, it's it's we've been we've been brewing on this one for a while. Very excited to chat with you. You and I have been we have been uh, online buddies for like a decade now. Makes me makes me feel uh, quite old. But very very excited to have this opportunity to catch up here on the show. Thanks for the intro, Davis. I'm pumped to be here, man. Yeah, it's been a long time in the making. I think we started talking at like peak NBA top shot days was when this conversation started speaking of feeling old, man, the, 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 those were, those were, uh, those were heady times. Um, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna trigger a lot of people. That's going to be PSD for uh, PTSD for people who didn't manage to sell the literal all time top of NBA top shot. I actually went and looked at the uh, Tyler hero moment that I sold the (laughs) other day. And I saw that uh, the guy who bought it from me, listed it for $70,000 and has never changed the price on it. So good for him. Uh, the guy who bought it for me for, for holding strong. Uh, I continue to think it's the most undervalued NFT in the market. You know, it was, uh, it was uh, great days. Miss, miss the, uh, the heady days of the 2021 bull run. Those were, those were fun times. You know, savvy investments sometimes take 10 years to simmer properly. So we're not dead yet. It's true. That's what they say. So for those of you, uh, I mean, Cam, there are going to be people who are new to DFS. They are new to pickums. They are new to sports betting in general. They they have no idea that you were. I mean, there are certainly people who saw the announcement of you uh, joining Underdog, who who literally did not know that you were a co-founder and COO of Rotor Grinders from two thousand nine to. 2000 and what 22 i mean that's uh it's quite a run um i mean i guess what what is it what is a good question there how weird did it feel to have uh, a time space where you were not in the weeds of dfs stuff every single day that had to have been like just a huge shock yeah that's a pretty good question and one i don't think i've actually gotten yet um the the time off worked well with life balance because my wife and I just had our second kid and we had also relocated to Florida. So we had opened an office in Nashville for Roto Grinders on 10th Avenue, right. You know, a few blocks from Broadway. We've been in Nashville for about a decade. So it was a good opportunity to, 
you know, plant the roots, if you will. I'd never really had a, hadn't had a home base in quite some time, definitely since starting the company. So uh, we were always loved Nashville, but we knew we were going to wind up back in Florida. So the two, the two years off went straight to renovating a house and having a baby and setting up the the personal life. I mean, there are, there are worse spots to do that than, uh, than Florida. You know, I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is, is that people outside of Florida, just like the only vibe they get is, uh, you know, uh, DeSantis being a crazy person or Florida man stories. And then you go to Florida and it's just like quite nice and you can go golf wherever you want. Uh, (laughs) I I guess, I guess maybe if you just like absolutely hate the humidity, maybe it's, uh, it would not be the best. So, uh, I mean, your, your time at Rotor Grinders, I, I, I weirdly think the uh the 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 image I always get when I think of the Cal and Cam era at uh, at Roto Grinders is the still image of David Kitchen on TV calling him the COO of RotoGirders.com, <laughs> which was of course all related to <laughs> the, uh, the the time where again the kids won't remember this. Daily Fantasy Sports was under attack in. The United States. I mean, there was there was a time where a bunch of uh, politicians decided the DFS should be illegal, sort of as a, really, I guess, as a result of uh, of Ethan Gate at at DraftKings. But but Rotor Grinders. I mean, you guys were were sort of at the the forefront of lobbying in in a lot of those spots. Yeah, I mean, since this is long form podcast, I'll get into some good stories from that. The um... The, the Dave picture, it's hard to describe since this is just audio, but I would say it's a perfect summary of local news media at its finest. And yes. I definitely got a good taste of, I'm sure there's some really great local news media teams out there, but there's a lot of just, let's get this story out by 5 p.m. And yeah, not only did they typo Roto Grinders, like, like literally they just had to spell one person's name, their position in the company, and they got two out of the three wrong. So uh, that was an ongoing meme I forgot about with Dave. Um, yeah, 2015 and 16, I often tell the story of it being one of the most stressful times of the journey. Um, I always remember landing at LaGuardia in New York, and we were going to put on the FS, or sorry, there's too many conferences now, the many DFSA, conferences. which was our one and done because of the story I'm about to tell DFS players, a uh, players conference. So a, com- a conference just for the hardcore DFS players that want to go and like learn, get better network. And remind, remember this is 2015. Like, I don't, I don't know if our lineup builder was live yet. Like it probably it, 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 it was not, it was not. I, <laughs> I know. I, I remember that that was like a, that was like a thing because another talking point, back from these days was that the the super users all had these lineup builders right and 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 johnny johnny six pack did not have access to the lineup builder and that was sort of inherently unfair i'm remembering right now yeah nick Nguyen. shout out nick Nguyen, one of the og goat developers at rotor grinders was doing a panel on how to use the rotor grinders lineup builder beta we were like just about to launch it i specifically remember talking to draft cheat might've been you and other people like in the corner. It was like, so cool. We were all together in person about the inside stories of scooping max dollary soccer head to heads and like how that worked in 2015. Uh, that was kind of the theme of the top players, you, you know, you're bringing me back here, man. Jeez. And, um, but yeah, when I landed on the plane, 
we had uh, Nigel Eccles set up to speak, founder of FanDuel, Matthew Barry, TMR from ESPN. And I didn't get Wi-Fi on the flight. I usually do. I just was like, I'm going to chill for a bit land and like my phone just starts nonstop vibrating and i'm like what is what happened this is no way this is a good incident right at like 120 texts and eight voicemails on a plane flight and then the first one i think i noticed was from matthew barry and it was like we can't speak anymore this is too dangerous for espn's image and i'm like what is going on you know like we're just trying to throw a conference and the you know as as the 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 ogs of the dfs now know eric schneiderman um who is the attorney general under hillary clinton i think of new york state did a very grandiose speech about dfs is legal and the, the famous quote is not on my watch so that was kind of literally the beginning of the dfs legality battles was when we were doing our dfs players conference in new york and just uh since we have the opportunity uh, eric schneiderman was a giant me too movement turned out to be a terrible scummy person and was ousted out of office yes correct yeah so that is again i mean that is that you're bringing you're bringing me back because there was a time when we thought all of this you know just sort of gesturing broadly at all of our jobs, our livelihoods, our, our companies that we all had, um, you know, equity in and everything. I mean, we thought it was just all, there was a chance that it was all going to zero, that we were going to get uh, UIGEA'd, you know, that that we that we were going to log in to DraftKings to go register for Daily Fantasy Soccer Contest playing against Sahil Sood, and that we were going to get the, uh, the, uh, the Department of Justice uh, notification that our, our money had been confiscated and that uh, DraftKings was operating extrajudicially. Yeah, and and it's and I think all we had to operate on that last comment. You're, I think you're speaking to the online poker eras of the net teller days, and there's all these fears of the unknown. But yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, really, truly speaking, you know, there was there was concern. We were, we were, we were, I think we did lose New York. FanDuel and DraftKings had to go offline for a period of time. Hawaii, yeah. I remember they they did. Yeah, because Leone called me i remember when all this was happening leone was living in new york state and he called me and he was like you know our could like what like can we figure something out we're like i you know we're playing the uh like you know that we're we're figuring and i'm just like dude this is insane like people's livelihoods are you know because you hear about these things from a governmental perspective and it just all it seems so uh foreign and, and arcane and then it comes into your industry and you're like holy shit these people don't know anything about daily fantasy sports and they're about to just wipe it all out for literally no reason yeah. Yeah. Politics is something I don't, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, it's not a personal strong suit, nor would I want to be involved. Uh, I, I don't understand how some of the things get balloted onto political agendas. Um, but that's what happened. And, you know, the not, not on my watch, I'm a strong savior of the people in New York was what he was going for. Thought he, he was so detached. He thought he didn't think he was like ridding a capitalistic society product that was innovative that people wanted he thought he was like saving people from some terror on the streets that was ruining from, society from from getting from getting robbed against super users on DraftKings. basically was the that that was how it ended up being marketed was that uh dumb people were getting their money taken by smart people on 
uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel. Yeah, it wasn't a fun time. I I mean, I we I remember the meetings, Cal and I, and in his office, and like we're projecting losing revenue overnight, and you know we we were doing well as a company. Um, we're starting to grow extremely rapidly. You know, mind you, this is the time when DraftKings for the first time ever, basically out of nowhere is spending more money than Geico on commercials during football. Oh my God. Like the commercials. Yeah. They were kind of like, it was a, you know, it's one of those things um, where um, you heard about it. Just, it was, it became like a meme. I think even, I think even Saturday night live did a bit on Seth Rogen, right? Like about the FanDuel commercials. It just, they it was, they were everywhere. So business was growing fast, obviously for FanDuel, obviously for DraftKings. And that's, you know, therefore our business was growing, but we were by no means like set and safe. And uh, it was a very stressful time. And it, it we wound up pivoting that. One of the other funny stories from that conference, I'll shout out Jordan Davis, who was in marketing under Cal. He's probably 25 at the time, maybe younger, 24. I think he's like running our social media at the time. He's like a badass marketer now. Um, but he got literally, we pivoted from doing our conference plans. Very thank you, TMR. Did stay, did speak. Nigel did stay, did speak. Conference actually was awesome. I mean, we lost a ton of money on it, so we never ran it again. But it was, you know, Times Square, Marriott. Conference turned out okay. But fan, one of the days we audibled and we got the entire conference. You, you might have seen this in Adam Levitan tweets. Uh, he because he was there uh, to go to the attorney general's office, and uh, I think we had signs that said like "Save DFS." There's photos of it out there if you really want to see it. But yeah, Jordan- Levitan, Levitan said this was his peak virgin moment. Was uh, was <laughs> was was putting up uh, poster boards and signs for DFS. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I'm like going to proudly tell my grandchildren about or like the, the wife's excitedly waiting in bed to hear more on. Um, but the yeah, the funny, there's a really funny and terrifying moment where Jordan Davis, because I, lo- I love the kid, he's 24 and he's getting interviewed by The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And literally it's like, I'm like, oh, there's Trevor Noah. Like we're about to just get owned. Like this is not going to be good. Right. And- they asked all the, like, is this a game of skill? Whatever. And this kid just killed it. He just like had a stone face and gave perfect answer after perfect answer. And it was too boring to use. And then we got out of there. So we did our little protest and, uh, you know, it was, a, it wound up being a year or two process. If we want to fast forward, like that year sucked DraftKings and FanDuel. I, I don't even really remember what happened on Like, as we're sitting here talking about it, I just know at some point it basically, went away more or less but i don't even really remember how we got there it's you know the story i'd always tell was it's like marijuana it's it becomes a state-by-state battle and, and that's more or less what happened so some states acted quickly to get rid of it why I, I don't know why i keep saying Hawaii, but i remember Hawaii and new york were two of the ones that were just instantly like it's gone some started filing legislation and that was like a slow moving process to clarify its legality or vote on if it wasn't. So it was just a long process, but behind the scenes, what was really happening is DraftKings now is taking all this nine figures in funding and FanDuel. They're aligning, they hired Oric, a lobbying firm, and they're rerouting like nine figures of cash to lobbying efforts. So, you Instead know, that's, of marketing. 
that's the, 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 the move, you know, I remember talking with Jason Robbins about it in the day, which we still actually spoke then. And, and, you know, there was, there was no like major concern, but there was like a death by a thousand cuts concern of just like, we're getting drained of this is, we had to become a lot of, we as an industry, I'm speaking for DraftKings at this point, but like the whole industry, um, had to become a lobbying firm overnight. And that wasn't even in the cards currently. Right. Which is, I mean, which is insane. And I guess it's good that they had raised so much capital, you know, and, and were positioned at least like with the ability to spend that on Mark or on uh uh lobbying, you know, like if they would not have been able to do that, if it would have been, if that would have been earlier, you know, they, they would not have been able to. And, I don't know. What what would I have done? What would any of us have done? I don't even know. I, I guess there, I guess there's, you know, life finds a way, but would it would have not been something. I mean, it all, it all worked out as the cliff notes, Matthew Barry stepped up, visited the office. We got to tour the Tennessee. I met with senators and that was kind of cool. Saw the process firsthand, got yelled at firsthand by a couple people. And, you know, we made our cases. They came in, some of them came and visited the office. At the end of the day, we showed this is an innovative, fun product and we're creating jobs uh, similar to, uh, you know, underdog nowadays. Yeah. Which is, which is beautiful. So I actually, I don't know any of the inside baseball on the Rotor Grinder sale to better collective. And I mean, I'm sure there are things you, you can and cannot say, but uh, yeah, I mean, just as far as, as far as what you can say, you know, was that, was that look, you guys looking to capitalize on what you had built? Was it them looking to get a foothold, you know, in, cause if people don't know better collective is a European based company, them looking to get a foothold in the States. Like kind of had it all of that play out. Sure. Um, we were always getting offers actually, even at that 2015 time, they stopped during the legal part, but offers were constantly coming in. we never made it too far with a bunch of companies and uh better collective was one we we just instantly had a connection with um better collective for those that don't know uh betco you know dollar sign betco for the twitter stock searchers uh on the swedish nasdaq and danish stock markets publicly traded companies so all the deal details of the transaction are public um it was founded I don't know the year by uh by Jesper and um Christian and they're just two really really good guys and uh Mark Peterson who became the CEO of America I was actually just with saw him in Las Vegas at the Better Collective party and he's still a shareholder and a believer in the company and I I just you know I'm not just saying it sounds a little fluffy but they they're just all really good people <laughs> and it was someone you're comfortable handing your kid off to um strategically you know they've been doing this they've been they're the leading affiliate for sports betting in europe for decades now so we had a strategic decision to make of are we going to try to compete and become compete with all the european um affiliate markets coming into the united states or do we want to join them and ultimately we had a deal that was mutual for you know, better collective establishing. Basically, we were us and the Action Network were two of the major initial acquisition targets to est- establish United States presence instead of kind of competing against them. I mean, which is I that is uh, it's an interesting spot. I mean, I can never, I cannot imagine like putting myself in that position of having to have this thing that you built 
you know, I mean, all these, I like the relationships, you know, with, with all of the people that you hired to, to run the company, to do the media side, to do, you know, the developers to build the projections and then to have to be, you know, take, take a, a step back from that. I mean, just even like your, your day to day had to have been so different. Yeah. I mean, lots of comment on that, that I'm really passionate about. I mean, um, there's two, there's, it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like part of me as an entrepreneur at my core, I've always identified and known that I'm the type that wants to create, build from nothing. I really enjoy those early stages. And that's what Cal Riley and I did. And Dan, who got it, was basically became a partner super early and notorious. Um, but we basically, you know, I got to enjoy that creative phase, got to see our baby become a fully operating company and got to help build all those systems along the way so that it could be a turnkey handoff. I've always wanted to do turnkey handoffs. Once a company hits corporate status, I kind of lose a little bit of that interest because all the systems have been figured out, all the critical growth has been figured out, and I just get a little bored on a personal level. So that was like on a personal level why I was okay handing it off. I felt like we were operating in a fashion that it was safe to. I'll, you know, there's a lot of room to grow still, but it, it would grow better with better collectives and new leadership. And they're probably better without me at that point. So, and then, you know, while I say I'm like happy, happy to hand sell a company and hand it off, I, it was also like, I cried like a baby the last day, like trying to talk to people, right. to point. like talking about the people that was extremely hard for me to say bye, but that's why I'm happy, a little bit happy. You know, that's why I'm happy to be back and, uh, in the industry and can reconnect with a lot of those people. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess we did, uh, we did kind of bury the lead here, but you are, you are back as the, uh, the vice president of VIP at underdog, the, uh, heading up the, the top dog, uh, program. I was very excited to, to see you reenter the industry, but I mean, that's, that's kind of something I've always thought. I, I have been in a various capacity working fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports jobs since I was, 20 years old i'm 31 years old now i mean i literally like if i just if i woke up tomorrow and got an email from some fortune 500 company that was like you know not that i would even be eligible or, or helpful in that circumstance but if i got some unbelievable job offer that i couldn't turn down it would just feel so bizarre to me to to leave that space and not have uh, any sort of role in it and so it had to have been just a, a very, and I don't even know how it happened, but it had to have been a very cool feeling to be like, oh, like I get to re-enter this space that I kind of helped curate and was a part of my life for so long. Yeah, I think that's relatively accurate at a macro level. It's, um, I, you know, a couple of personal things that I don't mind getting deep and personal here. Um, the, you know, I was definitely a little burnout towards the end and, you know, I just had a kid um, so that was putting a lot of pressure to get back to family in Florida. And I had had a good run in DFS. I don't know the exact years, but like being profitable for seven years straight. But then the last two years, I wasn't profitable and I wasn't games, like that. games. The games got hard, man. The games got hard. They got harder. Yeah. And like those first two years, it was like of being profitable. It was probably 100% because of just overlay on DraftKings and just playing right. over contests. Uh, it was really easy the first two years. Um, and like, I would still listen to like your podcast every morning. That was like one of the, you know, and do, go through the process and put in my lineups, but like my heart was not in it at all. And 
I was just kind of like not upset to be not be a player anymore. Like I had a good run. It's not, I enjoyed it, but I was just, you know, kids change things, man. So uh, settling down, not as attentive to like being a player. I've always been, I went to grad school for entrepreneurship, had a, had another startup um, and just always been mostly more interested in the business end. Um, and that is, you know, big allure of underdog was, well, first off, I was one of the investors from their infamous uh, investment announcement, um, invested at the ground floor. And then, you know, they got all these big names like Chain Smokers, Kevin Durant, Mark Cuban involved. And Peter Overset. I mean, you can't, anytime, <laughs> anytime you can get on a, a poster with Pete, you gotta, you gotta leave at that opportunity. Talk about me burying the lead. Um, so there, there was that aspect. Um, Jeremy and I go way back uh, from the Star Street days. He was starting his first DFS company around the time Roto Grinders were starting. And we kind of grew side by side to some extent. And I've just never, I have the ultimate amount of respect for him as an entrepreneur. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think his energy to run a company is off the charts. Um, so, and, and he's just got a proven track record also. So feeling very good about, the investment when he so he he reached out i actually wasn't planning to go back to work at all because of the aforementioned new house and kids and just was hoping to actually get a little time to like chill and uh and and deep unwind but it was just one of those opportunities where this company's on fire and they're heading straight toward a path and i wanted to be a part of that journey i think i'll learn a lot on the way being an employee was at first i, I was not something i just like in this defined role, something I had considered as someone who views themselves as an entrepreneur, but we get to build out the division from scratch, which is very interesting to me um, and feels entrepreneurial. And then also uh, at the sake of being repetitive kids, like I don't, they're one and three right now and I want to be available from 6 PM and on. So having the, a little bit of boundary is a good fit right now. Um, so the VIP program, the department's v VIP, we're, you know, having internal conversations about if that brand will stay. Um, I, you might hear it in other terms, like gladiator is our term for battle Royale. And I'll talk about that in a second. We just did our first major announcement, um, underdog inherently, like with the name wants to be an accessible brand. We want to be available to everyone to some extent. So, we're trying not to be too like hashtag elitist with the uh, with the branding here. And and um, you'll see that in our gladiator announcement, which is a rake back that goes down all the way to people who play 10 battle royales. I think it is in um, in a week. Um, and if you play 75, we're giving 50 percent rake back on all your battle royales, which is uh, a pretty phenomenal. Pretty good deal. Yeah. So that, that just went live. Um, you can check my Twitter profile. It'll link to, to Berm's announcement on it. Um, and that's going to be available to everyone and nice public facing system for, um, yeah, for, for all accessible to all types of users. And then as, uh, you know, the real goal here, there's, we've got pick them contests, and 31 states and we've also got hopefully next year some sports betting states coming so you know this is just the tip of the iceberg for better collective who's as a company doing incredible at, at its peak roto grinders had like 158 
hosts, contractors, writers, or employees. Yeah. Um, the better collectives at like 350 full-time employees of the highest quality hiring weekly. And it's just like an amazing company to be a part of and to see that growth internally. I really think we're on the fast track to be one of the leading future sports books in America, uh, sports gaming platforms. There's a big gaming and gamification presence internally. And I think you'll see that it's not going to be the products that are in the works aren't um, just plain boring sports betting. There's a lot of fun stuff coming and a lot of innovative product coming. Um, And just to see that and, you know, I expect really big things just to be a part of that opportunity is extremely motivating. I've always been a fan of, uh, of all of Jeremy's associated ventures and uh, actually, actually have been very, I mean, a huge fan of underdog, but also just like getting to know the people that work at the company, like uh, the week that underdog launched, like Rudman came on the podcast. Uh, it, I, and something that is fascinating to me is you know, the the path that Underdog is taking to opening up the sportsbook avenues is very different than the way that the other major American companies have done the sportsbook thing. And I I mean, I think the Pick'em stuff is so interesting because it is way easier. And uh, just like, a, like, for example, my interactions with my real life friends, much easier to be like, I like the hires on Patrick Mahomes, go click it. You click two buttons, you do it. And then versus being like, okay, you got to go into this app and then you got to go to alternate passing yards and the over. And it's just like the, I mean, I think the number one thing that underdog does well versus every other sports company is interface. Like the, the drafting stuff, like everyone would agree the drafting rooms on underdog are the hardest rooms. The smartest people are there. The ADP is the sharpest, but everyone and their mom still max enters the underdog best ball contest for uh for nfl for season long because it's just a nice pleasant experience it's like it's like slipping in to a nice warm bed at the end of the day (laughs) i mean it is like i just i i the i i mean shout out shout out to the shout out to the dev shout out to the the all the app people because they they've made that like a 10 out of 10 experience yeah somehow we didn't even talk about best ball there and that's what i think a big part of the brand is recognized for and extremely respected for so um and i i, I agree with everything you said pick them fun and easy so if if you're not on underdog and and you got any questions we're we're going to be growing out the vip program so the for those sharp players um across battle royale we've, we just announced right back we're talking internally about how to handle best ball VIPs before next football season. So I'm hoping we can announce something before next football season, if everything works out. And then we're working on what the pick VIP department will look like, which is going to be called top dog. So you'll be seeing some top dog branding for our most, um, for our top pick them players. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun time. Big things come in. There's a lot of, um, known VIP things out there. I think we'll be learning from existing VIP programs you see on other sites, but won't be carbon carbon copying them because back to that underdog brand, we do highly value it and we want to keep things feeling uh, like the underdog uh, brand that's out there now. Okay. So is there any plan to add a less specific, less manual 
rake back in terms of like uh you know like like how the like how the DFS sites work where it's it's a points based system where every every dollar spent is uh you know I don't know a dog treat or or something where where and then that can be redeemed uh for for you know a pick'em slip or anything like that I I guess just speaking from my perspective I have obviously never been on the industry side of any of these things and from a uh person who really likes to gamble likes the action i find myself uh very easily hooked by these gamified systems the better the gamification the more incentive uh even if the incentive you know far outweighs what you're actually spending i i find myself chasing those things uh quite a quite a bit so i'm wondering if there's any uh thoughts on on a program like that do, do you follow baseballs on dfs Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I guess I, I used to, I, Chad, Chad Hancher, right. His, his account got reinstated. Yeah. He's back as of like a month ago and just back with a vengeance, like the one of the all time legendary meme accounts. So uh, I was just wondering if this stemmed from that or not, cause it's funny timing because he's just been all over some of those <laughs> systems this week. Um, Check. Well, let me let me be the first to say if anyone if any of my friends from DraftKings are listening, you guys absolutely massacred what was a, a truly great motivational tool for me for so long. The 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 tier credits they absolutely stink. There there is no way for for a person like me, a mid stakes grinder. It used to be very possible to achieve certain thresholds just by being attentive and by being logged on to DraftKings every single day and playing in the right contest. And now it's totally impossible. It's all tilted towards, uh, you know, just getting uh, a lot of action in, in like very marginal spots. And uh, I don't like that. I hate that. Yeah. I, I'm not totally up to speed on a, the exact nuances of it because I haven't played DraftKings. I, I obviously can't play anymore and I haven't played in a couple of years. Um with the time off. So it's changed a little since I last looked at it, but you know, there, I've been appreciating the, the, the current meme. I think Smith started some of it and there's some other funny posts out there, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that yet. We're building this from the ground up and we're going to do, we're not going to carbon copy anything, whether it's chase credit card reward systems, which is awesome or uh, any of the other stuff you see out there, but there's, I think we're going to try to do what makes the most sense for us. And we're definitely going to try to reward users. If that winds up being um, points in the future, then then that's what we'll do. But I don't think at this stage, we know what makes the most sense. Um, our games are also inherently different than salary cap DFS. Oh so yeah. Very different. You can't like CSV upload and stuff like that. So I think well, we're there's gonna... also, it's just a lot of things that your account balance can apply to in any given time, you know, daily stuff, pick them season long. Like it's just, you know, it's all, it's all sort of um, amorphous. And given that you are starting from a ground zero where a month ago there were no rewards, you know, there was not, you was, you, you played on, you played on the app cause you enjoyed it and you thought you had an edge and these spots and now, uh, that changes the it, it changes the the whole calculus for for I mean really for everyone involved for you guys on the operating side for the players on the you know what do I what do I put my money into side because the reward stuff should should change your expected value of these contests for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the best ball prizes are amazing. Like 3 million for, or 2 million for first million. If you have the most points, like 15 million total. So there's a ton of motivation and um, you know, I, I do think we'll be building memorable and live experiences down the road. And I think the exciting part about my job is while underdog is amazing and clicking on a, like so many cylinders and doing so much well, there's still a lot of there's still areas to build out um i think our pga for example is an area i really want to tackle uh for not only just growing the golfer game and but also the seasonality of it like after nfl is over it's a really good sport to focus on and there's a lot of fun stuff that we can do with uh live pga events so hopefully our We'll, we'll we'll have some more exciting announcements as the NFL season winds down. Um, and if you are interested and in, you think you might be a VIP, uh, feel free to reach out to RK Gator, our lead host on Twitter. That's Ryan Canagator, CSU's uh, CSU Rams, good friend growing up. And also uh, reach out to me on Twitter and, and we'll, we'll take a look for you. Yeah, that's actually that's actually uh, a good question. Let's say someone uh, listening to this is like, I think I'm a very important person on on uh, the the old Yellow Dog app. Uh, what would what would qualify someone for that? Uh, you know, what what can they look to get out of that reciprocal relationship? Uh, you know, just sort of sort of like we're 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 very ground zero. If you're listening to this six months from now, maybe it doesn't even make any sense. What, you know, maybe what we're talking about right now like basically doesn't exist anymore, but uh, starting, starting from ground zero, sort of what does the, the bones of the program look like? I, I would say right now, if, if there's, if you're a big NBA player, the next big thing coming up is to reach out about uh, NBA season. Maybe if it, you know, this is for the VIPs you're playing heavy volume, like nosebleeds, if you want to call it or high sure. stake grinders. this isn't like, Oh, I've done 150 best ball. I maxed out, you know, that's $3,750. And the rake on that is whatever, do the simple math. Like that's not going to get you courtside tickets to the next game. So, you know, do this isn't, this is for our high, high stakes guys who are on the app all day, all the time. Um, and you know, and like I was saying, NBA is coming up. So we'll have some NBA reload bonuses or maybe some pick and playthroughs or entry back type things. We will work out with our VIPs. All right. Well, there we go. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, I am, I am hoping that, uh, that there's going to be like a virginity award for people who do like a thousand um, NFL best ball drafts or, or something like that. I mean, I, I do, uh, I, I unironically believe that rewarding people for whatever it is that they enjoy on your platform will get them to do the other things like obviously from a from a business perspective i mean the the best ball stuff is awesome and it functions very well as a marketing tool because it onboards a lot of people to Correct. the app uh i mean i think that is i actually think that's kind of the genius of underdog is that you you get people in for the uh the the 2 million dollars to first place best ball tournament and then you get them grinding, uh, you know, Thursday night college football, uh, pick them slips. Like, I think all of that, I, I think that is is symbiotic. And I think that helps, obviously, with the inevitable switch as underdog. Because uh, you guys are are opening a brick and mortar uh, sports betting place in, in Colorado, right? No, that, that must, I'm not sure who you're referring to on that one, but we're... 
there's no public announcements on anything like that, but we're, you know, in 2024, the aim is to have some states online. And I think that's the most I can say right now, but there we go. The upside for this company is insanely massive. I think, you know, we're, we're building out this VIP program with that and, and the future of the company in mind also, and I think at the end of the day, I didn't really touch on it, but I part of why I did come back was, like I said, I could have stayed retired, but I actually really enjoy this. This is my, right. and, and you know, uh, we, he posted on Twitter, like we're going to war, but Aguiar is a, definitely an inspiration. Uh, it's, it's one of those guys you look at and you're always like, well, this is kind of a dream job. If you follow him on Instagram, he's golfing some insanely exclusive golf course every week or you know, at a courtside at a game and you get to build out, you know, our version of uh, what that might look like is, and working with these, you know, the typical VIP top dog, that kind of person, it might be someone like my old business partner, Cal, it might be someone famous, or it might be like, we were saying saw heel earlier, like a top player who's in who, whichever category you fall in there, it's just like insanely interesting people that I like to talk to and work with. And, uh, hopefully plan some awesome stuff to do along the way. Yeah. And if anyone doesn't think Cam is grinding, I texted him at eight o'clock on a Friday night uh, because I needed to have my college football uh, limits raised <laughs> so that I could fire off uh, so that I could fire off a, a deposit bonus pick him. And my man was, was sitting there with soccer Dave and he got me sorted on a, on a Friday night. So the man, the man is grinding. He is in the weeds. He, he does not take anything uh, you, you're not doing it halfway, not doing it halfway. Got the trusty work phone here. Now it's we're, 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 lo- we're locked in. All right. We're, we're locked and loaded. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, do you have anything specific? Uh, so this is going to come out on Wednesday, I, I think October, what is that? October 18th or something like that. Is there anything specific you want people locked into dog bowl gladiator stuff? What, what should people open their yellow dog app to this week? Yeah, I mean the dog bowl queue. I don't. Are we recording right now? We we are recording right now, but this oh. is so we're recording on Friday. This isn't going to come out till next week. Okay, got it. So I don't know what promos we'll have for dog bowl then. Um, but it, I there's been overlay. I'll tell you that. Like even if there is no promo, like look at the dog bowl. It's a live awesome live final experience in Miami Beach in December or January. So if you live in a cold state, you get to go to Miami and be on a 70 degree, you know, in the beaches, right near the beaches. The hotel's not technically on it and do a live draft for 200,000 for first. Uh, our old buddy Rad Thad qualified last week. It's doable. There's three seats per week and it's just like really good value right now, even if we don't do the promo, which I, I don't can't come on on if we're going to continue that. So definitely look at the dog bowl and then NBA pick them is coming in hot. There's also the um, NBA best ball draft in the lobby. There we go. All right, everyone fill the contest, do your pick them slips, uh, take any Shea Gilgis Alexander 2023, <laughs> 2024 season overs. Those are absolutely free. He's going to win MVP. That is your tip for Now, thanks for listening, and I will be back next week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.